Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! You are great. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. That's right, you are listening to the 30-something movie podcast. I am your host, John Reed, and for right now, I'm here with Patrick. Hey, hey. How you doing, Patrick? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm glad, I, I'm glad this worked out. I missed uh, being in on the discussion for the last couple of weeks with um, uh, two of my favorites, you know, with Great Outdoors and uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Coming to America, but it was great listening to you guys break it apart and actually... It was kind of fun to like listen to the podcast and have other people talk about movies. So uh, I missed you guys, but it's, uh, it's good to be back. Yeah. Well, as I was telling Jeff, it was nice to have him back for a couple episodes there because he'd been gone with baby stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it was it was definitely good to hear his thoughts and 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 hear him again. So that was that was very cool. Yeah. So and I know that we got Dennis coming here in just a little bit. Uh, he was running a little bit late, so he's going to hop on as soon as he gets here. But I think we've got a little bit of a uh, new movie news stuff that we can talk about. So we'll go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and do that now. Um, very, very quickly before we get started with all that. This is episode number 193. Uh, we are oh, talking getting close. We're really close. So I, I got to get stuff all arranged for because I'm going out of town for a couple weeks and got to get all this stuff arranged because I think 200 is going to be here faster than we think. So, so have we locked in on what it's going to be yet? No. Okay. Uh, maybe. Um, Jeff and I were kind of throwing some ideas back and forth. So maybe I, I just need to kind of sit down. I, I'm not working tomorrow. So I can sit down and kind of work through some of that stuff and figure out exactly why we're, uh, what we're going to be doing next and okay. what, the, what the 200th looks like and, and all that stuff. So I've, I've got a little bit of time to sit down and kind of hash that out. Right. Well, I just need to know what lists I need to start being, you know, I know. Made I know. That. Well, so real, real quick, and then I want to come back to the, you mentioning the idea of lists. Um, real quick, we, we spoil the events of the movies we talk about. We say this every time. So if you have not seen Beetlejuice, first of all, where have you been? But if you haven't seen Beetlejuice, go watch it and then come on back. If you maybe you're not sure you want to watch it and you don't mind being spoiled, then we'll tell you all about it. And then you can go see the movie. If you decide at that point, you want to go see the movie. Uh, if you have not yet already, please go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. That's the best way that you can support the show. Um, we do have like a Patreon page and other stuff for, you know, if you wanted to donate any money to the show so that we can keep things running, um, cause there's not a huge cost to running it, but there is a little bit, but the best way you can support the show is to leave us a review on iTunes. That's the best way to let us know how we're doing. Um, it's the best way to let more people find out about the show. So if you really like the show, if you've been listening to it and you're like, Hey, I like these guys. I think other people would like them too. share us with your friends, go on whatever. It doesn't even have to be iTunes. Go on to wherever you listen to podcasts. And most likely we are there. I have tried to get the podcast registered with every other, you know, Google play iTunes. I don't know if we're on Spotify or not. Um, Stitcher, Satchel, all those different uh, places you can get podcasts. Go ahead and go find us there. Give us a rating there. 
because that's probably the best way to let people know about our show and for us to get more recognition and for us to bring in more listeners. So if you don't mind doing that, if you're listening to the show, please go and give us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would really, really appreciate that. Um, and I know Pat would really appreciate that because Pat's an appreciative guy. I like to be, you know, I like yeah. to appreciate people where I can. Yeah. So, all right. So very, very quickly before we get into, I know you had some questions for me because I think you, um, well, one thing we got to talk about is you finally got to see Infinity War. Yes. Dennis and I were the last two guys to see Infinity War. Right. So we got to talk about that in just a minute. You had mentioned just a minute ago the idea of lists and you got to make lists for the next episode. Yes. I have not had time yet, but there has been somebody on Twitter who has been doing this. And, and I like to do these you know, from time to time has been doing this thing that is going to go for like 26 days um, where he has made a list every day of his 10, I think it's his 10 favorite movies that start with each letter of the alphabet. Oh, so day one was 10 favorite movies that start with a, all right. Two is 10 favorite movies that start with B and then C and then so on and so on. They tell two friends and they two tell friends, they tell two friends and so on and so on. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't had time to start that yet, but every time I see him post something up, I think he's on like L or M or something like that now. But every time I see him post up a list, I'm like, Oh, I, mm, I feel like I feel a compulsion to start a list now. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of, you know, it's summer, John. We're right. relaxed lists are in the air it's the summer of lists so you had some questions for me are these questions related to infinity war and related to invent avengers so okay here's the, here's the situation yeah you know we're, we're making our way through movies and all that kind of stuff um with the kids and they've seen some of the star Wars. i think they've seen force awakens yeah as well as the original you know four five and six with star wars um and, you know, we kind of do the thing with the rotating, everyone gets a pick for a movie night kind of deal. And then when it's my pick, I get to kind of, you know, expose them to, okay, let's check this out, check that out. And, you know, the, the classic movies and all that kind of thing. Right. Um, and, you know, a key was we we saw Force Awakens and we saw, I mean, we saw the original Star Wars. We watched all those um, just to make sure those got out of the way. The other day we watched The Black Stallion. Have you seen The Black Stallion? Many years ago. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, exciting. Um, G-rated, but I'll tell you, that ship sinking was, boy, that was that was pretty scary. I, I do remember that, yeah. Um, I, anyways, I want to uh, keep us on track here. So, you know, Dominic's starting to ask about the uh, Avengers movies and all that, and he'll ask different questions, and I'll have the soundtracks playing, and he'll ask questions. And, you know, I think we're about the age that we'll, we could pretty much start doing the Avengers movies. Um, Daniela, probably not. I mean, she's still pretty young for some of that, but then again, sometimes I think, you know, maybe we just walk out of the room when it's the stuff that's crazy over the top, scary. Right. So here's my question for like example, for example, the Avengers, we were just talking about it tonight and he was asking questions. So, uh, you know, just about, well, why does Hulk like the smash? Why does he get angry? How does he get angry? He's mm-hmm. two guys? He's one guy? How does it, you know, he's asking all those questions. Mm-hmm. So I just found the clip on YouTube with, you know, from the Avengers, right when, uh, you know, they pull up and Captain America is like, okay, you know, you know, Tony, you, you're you on perimeter, turn him back in or turn him to ash. And you do this, you do that. Hulk, smash. Because it really showed off all the guys. And, um, you know, Dominic was like, oh my God, I want to watch more. 
that movie looks incredible. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, they're they're pretty awesome. So okay, here's my question. You know, because he was asking about the movies, and there's like 20 of them. Yeah, and they're all excellent. So do I do chronological order and go back to, you know, either show him like Iron Man and then Captain America, or Captain America, or can I just kind of cherry pick the ones and just say, well, okay, here's the go. I'll kind of fill in on the backstory if you have questions. But all of those movies really could, I mean, unless you watch like Iron Man 3, all of those movies really could kind of stand on their own. I mean, you could walk up to Avengers without having seen the previous stuff, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, they're superheroes. So my only question being, you know, some of the movies have some material that, now maybe I want to wait a few more years before I start answering those questions. Um, You know, like Tony Stark jumping in the bed with the reporter and all that kind of stuff. Right. So can we, do you think we could do like, hey, let's watch Avengers. Okay, did you like that one? All right, let's watch Captain America. Um, I think Thor was pretty tame. Um, Well, not tame. I mean, it was a great movie, but I mean, I, 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 but there's just, do you, do you get what I'm saying? I'm kind of rambling, okay. but yeah. would it be bad to kind of cherry pick those early ones? I mean, you can't jump into Civil War or Infinity War or Winter Soldier or like Iron Man 3. The other ones, I think you can kind of jump in. What What are your thoughts yeah. on that? Well, I, you know what? I, I originally made a list of okay. that we were going to watch because I was originally I was going to take the kids to go I was going to take everybody to go see Infinity War and then as it got kind of closer I'm like well I don't know I don't know if I don't know if Nora would really do well in Infinity War you know she, we can watch it when we are when we're at home and it's on DVD um, or Blu-ray and and we'll do that but I'm not quite sure if it might be a little intense so mm-hmm. so originally I had made a list because I had found again people that make lists. Um, I had found a couple of different lists and this one was on Twitter. People were kind of throwing this back and forth on Twitter leading up to infinity war. And the idea was it was called, uh, it was the hashtag road to infinity war. Mm-hmm. And the idea was if you started in, was it February? Okay. No, I think you had to start in January. Yeah. So I think if you started in January and you watched one Marvel movie a week, then by the time you got through all of them, you would be up to uh, Infinity War by the time it came out on March four on uh, May fourth. Okay. So that got a little messed up because a couple months before it came out, they moved it forward about a week or so. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. So this was the list that we kind of started with, but I did skip some of these because they had either already seen them or I didn't think it really completely mattered. Okay. So we watched, um, I'm trying to think back to the first Marvel movie that they ever saw. And I think the first one that we ever watched all together was the original Avengers. Okay. That's all right. Okay. So we actually started with event the way they watched it. We started with Avengers. And then from there, I think the next one they saw after Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy or Age of Ultron. And this is not my viewing order that when I tried to do it earlier this year, this is just kind of the order that they watched it in uh, over the course of the last few years. 
Um, so I knew that they had, they had seen Avengers, they had seen Guardians of the Galaxy, and then from there I just kind of figured, you know what, they've got the team movies, so they know the Guardians of the Galaxy, they know the Avengers, they've got the major teams. So then I kind of felt like it didn't really matter what we saw after that, because you knew the characters well enough that... You know, if you don't need to, you don't need to necessarily necessarily see Iron Man two and three to really be fine with who Iron Man is in Avengers. Right. right. So, and, and actually, they have not. We had planned to, and I think maybe John has, but not with me. Um, we had planned to go back and watch the original Iron Man, and we okay. just we just haven't yet. But since then, they have seen Captain America, the original Captain America. Okay. Um, they have also seen, we did actually end up watching winter soldier altogether. Okay. Uh, we watched age of Ultron. Okay. Uh, we watched Ant-Man. They really liked Ant-Man. Uh, we watched, um, they did watch, uh, Captain America civil war, okay. but definitely, definitely Captain America civil war came way after watching the first Captain America and, some of the other movies, because then otherwise, if you do that one too early, you're trying to figure out, well, why are Captain America and Iron Man fighting each other? Right. That didn't make a whole lot of sense. So, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming did see that one. And then we all went to go see Thor Ragnarok in the theater. Got it. And then I've seen Infinity War with John, but Nora and, and Sharon have not seen that one. So they've seen some of them. They have not seen the original Thor. They have not seen the original Incredible Hulk. Mm -hmm. um, they really haven't seen any of the sequels except for Captain America. They've seen the Captain America sequels. Yeah. Okay. So, well, that's good to know. And I mean, especially cause you said you started with Avengers and that was going to be my question because that was, that's kind of got the one with all the characters. And yeah. <clears throat> I was just like, am I just absolutely screwing up my son by saying, yeah, let's watch Avengers first. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I think that, I think they did a really good job of, making it so that if you never saw any of the other movies, you yeah. could walk into Avengers, sit down and watch that movie and still have fun and still understand the characters. And you didn't need to know the whole history of it. If you knew the history of it, good for you. And you would get some of the references that they're, that they're making. You didn't have to. So, right. yeah. So, I mean, I would say if you were going to start the kids off watching the movies and did you say they've already watched Avengers? They have not. They've not. Okay. So yeah, I would almost start with Avengers. Okay. And then, okay. and then, and then from there, you could kind of say, well, if the kids say like, well, Captain America, I really like Captain America. I want to find out more about him. Then I would say, jump back to the original Captain America movie. Mm -hmm. be like, right. okay, okay, well, why does Captain America not understand all these modern things that are happening around him? And, and everybody keeps talking about how old he is, but he doesn't look old. So let's go back and watch Captain America, the first Avenger. And you can right. see he's actually from world war two. And this is how he got his powers. And, Right. So that, that might be a good way to do it. Then you can just kind of, you know, start with the team movies and then work backwards from there. Exactly. Exactly. And then if they ask, where is Gamora? I can say, well, I'll do you one better. Right. Say, who is Gamora? Mm -hmm. And then I don't want to jump into that too early. Why? But Why is Gamora? Why is Gamora? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? Is Gamora. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is not a... 
I, I, Drax is probably my favorite character in that whole movie. Oh my gosh. That is yeah, not they, a, that is not a dude. That is as if an angel and a pirate had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty sweet. We already did the spoiler thing, right? Like I just Oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah. But in my lifetime, I'm really excited um to uh have lived through the Harry Potter books, mm-hmm. which again, I'm just going to reiterate, John, you got to read them. They're awesome. And I know we, we 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 have a we have a plan to at least watch the movies this summer. So we got. Oh, are you going to read them? Are you going to read the books first? I don't know. Oh, John, maybe do I'll it. read them to you. Do, oh. <laughs> do I, I need to read the books first? Oh yes, please. Okay. Oh, if there's like, if I could get down on my knees <clears throat> and beg you, uh-huh. definitely read, definitely read those books first. Okay. Please, okay. I'm. I'm do you hear my tone of voice? I am oh, I leading. I okay. And honest to God, I mean, here, like, I mean, I'm an idiot, and I was able to read some of those books in like one day. Okay. Was was, was the awesomeness of it? I think like one night, I like had the flashlight under the bed and was like reading one of the books. So, I mean, even if you stay like one book ahead of the movie, uh-huh. I I I I strenuously like insist that you read those books first. Okay. All right. I got to finish up. Uh, John and I have been doing the Hunger Games books. Oh, awesome. So cool. we just were about to finish up the third and final book. And yeah. he has only seen the first movie so far. So we got to we gotta get caught up with the second and third movies. Um, and then once we finish the book, then we can watch the fourth movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got then, it. Then maybe after that, because he kind of, he was, we were at the bookstore the other day too, and we're going on a long car trip here in a little bit. And so we were looking at books to get, and I asked him if he had ever read the Harry Potter books, because I know he had started the first one at some point right. and he just, I don't know if he got interested in something else and never finished the first one, but as fast as he reads books, I'm like, if you want, if you want a book that's got, you know, it's a series and the books keep getting longer and longer, the further you go into them, I said, you might want to, you might want to give the Harry Potter ones a try again. So he may do that. Um, as we stock up on books to take with us on our 3000 mile car ride. Yeah. I would say, I mean, if you want to like listen to a book on tape or, Mm -hmm. and I think I remember, I remember, I think I talked to Mizuka about this because he was pretty high on, I mean, he's a pretty big Harry Potter fan. I think he was feeling about the same way. So get a second opinion, but I mean, he was like, definitely read the books first. Cause honestly, those books like, attain pixar levels of their stuff in there for adults and for kids okay um especially by the end you're dealing with like themes that are incredibly adult and incredibly um uh uh, deep intense kind of uh uh, staging and storylines and stuff but still very accessible for kids and then they also when you go back and reread them the way that i mean you talk about going back and watching Infinity War and seeing, okay, what were the Easter eggs? What was the hints? What was the foreshadowing? There is stuff on, like, I think the top of page two in the first book that foreshadows stuff that is happening later that you okay. will not even pick up on. You won't even process until you're, like, way into the series and then rereading them. So, sure. anyway. Okay. All right. I will uh, Sorry. I'll, I'll give those a try. Yeah, even if you stay one book ahead of the movie, you know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like just, and plus, I I have kind of mixed emotions on what they did with the movie. I 
I became angry and almost rioted in the theater. I started a riot of one <laughs> during one of the okay. things. Tammy actually had to pull me back into my seat. Okay. Um, I almost, you know, went Hulk smash on the, uh, on the, on the town, but huh. okay. anyway, well, I'll read the books, watch the movies, and then you can tell me what that was. Okay. That, yeah. Then, then we'll, then we'll have a podcast about Harry Potter. Okay. Um, well, and anyways. I, we, we, we're planning a big trip to, uh, Orlando in 2020. So I gotta, you know, before we go to Orlando and go to universal studios and Disney and all that other stuff, I, I know I got to get caught up on this because if we go to the, what's it called? The wizarding world of Harry Potter at universal. Yeah. If we go to that, I'm going to, I'm not going to have any clue as to what people are talking about. And, you know, yeah. it's, I'm going to hit somebody if they walk up on the street and ask me, ask them, you know, what my Patronus is. I'm like, Hey, we don't talk about that. Okay. Come on, man. This is a family park. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So no. I got to figure out what the things are and, you know, I got to figure yeah. out what a muggle is and apparently what, what, what house I am and all this other weird stuff. Yeah. You just, you got to read the books. And okay. I, I, right. I could almost guarantee knowing what you're into and all that. I mean, it's, they are like, they are like page turners. I okay. mean, you cannot. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll enjoy them. I just, I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I was just too old when they started and I just, it seemed like a kid's thing. So I never got into it. And, and then at the point where it seemed maybe it was kind of interesting, I was like, well, that I'm way too many books behind. So I'm not even going to get started now. Right. I, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I saw the movie first because we took a school field trip. Okay. When, when the movie came out, it was my first year of teaching and they thought it was pretty, uh, um, they thought it was pretty awesome. And then they started reading the books and they were like, you got to read these books. And I had a friend in college that always talked about them. And then it was just, man, it was, and, and like I said, this isn't the podcast to go talking about living through that craze. Right. Um, but anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back to the point that I started like 12 years ago. Right. But again, if there is one thing I could ask of you, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to oh, yeah. say like, Avenge me. I'm not going to say any of that. I'm just going to say, please read those books first. Okay. I will read the books first. All right. Um, so let's. I'm. I'm afraid to say the title of the movie too many times because I think I've said it at least twice now. Well, we just trade off. Okay. So, so, so Pat, what's the name of this movie? Beetlejuice. So that's the movie that we're talking about this time. It came out on the 30th of March, 1988. It was rated PG uh, with a one hour and 32 minutes. Uh, this. This is one of those kind of rare PG movies that even though there was the PG-13 rating at the time, it is one of those rare PG movies that actually has the F word in it. Yeah, yeah it does. So this one, <laughs> this one big, and I think a couple of others were PG rated movies that have uh, they drop an F bomb. So mm -hmm. uh, director is Tim Burton, who directed Pee Wee's Big Adventure, uh, the movie you've been waiting for for next year, Batman. Mm -hmm. 89 uh, Batman. He is also doing the um, the new remake or sequel of Dumbo, the live-action Dumbo movie that's coming out this year. Okay. Uh, producers on this one are Michael Bender, who died in 1997. He also helped produce the Beetlejuice cartoon. Uh, Richard Hashimoto, who did War Games and Howard the Duck. Larry Wilson, who did The Little Vampire. Writers on this one were Michael McDowell, who did story and screenplay. He died in 1999. He also wrote Tales from the Dark Side and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Larry Wilson, one of the producers, also helped write the story. Uh, he also helped uh, write Adam's Family, the movie, uh, Tales from the Crypt, and the Beetlejuice cartoon. Okay. Warren Scarin, who also did the screenplay, and he died in 1990, also wrote uh, screenplays for Top Gun and Batman 89. 
Cinematography was done by Thomas Ackerman, who did Anchorman and Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Music was done by Danny Elfman, who also did Men in Black, and uh, most recently did Justice League. And I, I think he's also doing music for the Dumbo movie. Okay. So, uh, budget for this one was $15 million. The box office was $73.7 million. Alec Baldwin played Adam Maitland. He was... Uh, in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and The Departed. Gina Davis was Barbara Maitland. Uh, she did The Fly and Thelma and Louise. Uh, Annie McEnroe did Jane, she was Jane Butterfield. She was in Wall Street and The Hebrew Hammer. Michael Keaton was that guy. Um, Beetle Meyer, Beetle, Beetle Glass, Beetle Drink, Beetle something. Uh, he was in Batman 89, Birdman, and Multiplicity. Catherine O'Hara played Delia Dietz. She was in Home Alone and A Mighty Wind. Jeffrey Jones was Charles Dietz. He was in Amadeus and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Winona Ryder was Lydia Dietz. She was in Edward Scissorhands and Stranger Things. Glenn Shaddix, who died in 2010, was Otho. He was in The Nightmare Before Christmas and Heathers. Patrice Martinez was the receptionist in The Underworld. She was in Three Amigos and Magnum P.I. the series. Sylvia Sidney, who died in 1999, played Juno, the caseworker. She was in Mars Attacks and Damien, Omen 2. Robert Goulet, who died in 2007, played Maxi Dean. He was in Scrooged and Naked Gun 2 and a half. Uh, Dick Cavett played Bernard. He was in Forrest Gump and Annie Hall. Tony Cox played the demonic preacher. He was in Spaceballs and Bad Santa. And Jack Angel was the voice of the demonic preacher. He was in Toy Story and the 1980s Transformers cartoon. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave an 83% on this one on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Siskel from the Chicago Tribune said, an overly ambitious special effects comedy obviously influenced by the success of Ghostbusters. And he gave it two out of four stars. Ebert oh. from the, yeah, uh, actually, and, and Ebert did not like it either. Ebert, Roger Ebert from the Chicago Sun-Times said, the movie is all anti-climax once we realize it's going to be about gimmicks, not characters. Two out of four stars. Oh, one of the I only, uh-huh, uh, one of the only positive reviews that I found, uh, and there were some other positive ones too, but this is one of the kind of the, the main positive ones was from David Anson from Newsweek. And he said for sheer off the wall audacity, Tim Burton's demented Beetlejuice certainly demands respect, even if it's more enjoyable in concept than in execution. So even though he gave it a positive review, it still was kind of like a backhanded positive review. I, I don't. <laughs> I think this is going to be another one of those times where, when I was looking up the reviews from like like some of the top tier reviewers, like Roger Ebert, Gene Siskel, those type of people, they did not necessarily like the movie. So I don't know if they got it. I mean, yeah. not to say that. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because otherwise, how could? How, I mean, how does this relate to Ghostbusters? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think I think they were kind of taking the idea of a paranormal comedy, and I think they were trying to say that. The idea, you know, because Ghostbusters could definitely, that could be a horror movie. Like, you could make that scary. Yeah. But they decided to take it and make it a comedy. And I'm thinking that the reason that they're making that connection is to say, well, you could make this Beetlejuice thing a horror movie, but they decided to make it kind of like a wacky, weird comedy. Yeah, it was wacky, weird, and... Uh, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Ghostbusters was like the Saturday Night Live improv type. I mean, the comedy seemed completely different. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I might just, maybe maybe one of these days I'm going to research it and write a book 
<laughs> not really, because I, I can't write. Uh-huh. But I mean, it's like, do they just not get comedy? I mean, and I like just, keep just write a book called Why the Reviewers Are All Wrong. Yeah, that maybe that's what it has to be. Boy, that, that's really so. Who's in the 83%? Uh, for the Rotten Tomatoes, um, yeah. I mean that that's all part of those different. I mean, it's a whole collection of different reviewers, kind of all aggregated together to give that eighty three percent. Yeah. Wow, so, that's yeah. that's really interesting. And I wonder. I'm going to go look it up really, really fast. And I know that you know Rotten Tomatoes is not the greatest way to get your review scores because right. of just all the right. stuff that goes into all that. Um, but it's it's kind of an easy way to grab some of those reviews really quick so that's the that's the reason we use that one but i'm curious what i didn't look at is sometimes you can pull that number mm-hmm. and instead of okay so 83 percent is all critics but if you switch it to top critics and that's kind of like the ones that are the bigger name like the uh you know ebert siskel those kind of people um if you switch it to top critics it's even lower it's an 80 percent mm, okay yeah, I. So, but with the top critics, so it, it's an eighty percent for the top critics. Of those critics, there were twelve positive reviews and three negative reviews mm. out of a total of fifteen. So it did get more. I mean, obviously, eighty percent is not bad. You know, that's it's a B, so it's pretty good. Um, and I, but I just think that some of those, when I was reading through some of the other positive reviews, even the positive reviews were like, uh. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the idea of a good movie, and it's wacky, and it's fun, and it's Tim Burton, and it's Michael Keaton, and it's crazy, and but uh, yeah, it's fun. I don't know that I feel I don't know that I feel like any of the positive reviews were overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, is has Tim Burton done any other movies to this point? Uh, before this, yeah, before this, he had done um, what he had he had done uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. He okay. had done. I mean, so, I mean, with Pee-wee's Big Adventure just on its own, he had already, that was a pretty big movie when that one came yeah. out. Um, before that, though, I don't really think that there had been a ton. Uh, let's see. Um, as the director. I'm just saying, I mean. I no, not really. He, he had um, some, like, short films, and then Pee-wee's Big Adventure was his first big one. And then he had a couple of TV series episodes and then, yeah. So after Pee Wee's big adventure, it was Beetlejuice. That was his second movie. And then Batman 89 was his third movie. And then Edward Scissorhands was his fourth movie. I, I just wonder if this one was such a departure from kind of what Pee Wee's big adventure was. Yeah. Because again, you, you know, the, the, the Pee Wee Herman history a little bit more than me. Right. But, did 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 he did Tim Burton come up with that character, or was that character around with the TV show, and now then they came out with the movie? No, yeah, the Pee Wee character was around before. Yeah, so now this is something like complete, you know. Yeah, and I don't know. Well, and this is kind of. I think this this is maybe like something that had not come out before. So yeah. I don't know. If all the reviewers got it. Well, you know, and I get. What- we, when we sit here today and we say, oh, you know, I, I can look at a movie, and if it's a Tim Burton movie, I know right away that that's a Tim Burton movie. Like, mm-hmm. just because of how it looks, you know, Danny Elfman's doing the music, just because of how it looks, how things are just a little weirder than they would normally be. Um, you know, it, it's the idea of, like, the, uh, you know, Edward Scissorhands. It's 
Beetlejuice. It's the uh, the newer Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movies. Um, it's uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. It's Corpse Bride. It's like those kind of movies. Yeah. And we we look at that now and we're like, well, that's the Tim Burton style. But at this point, there was no Tim Burton style. Yeah. You know, he was still a fairly new director when this Beetlejuice came out. So it's not like people had time to be like, oh, yeah, that's a Tim Burton movie. Mm-hmm. Because they hadn't really seen Tim Burton movies yet. I mean, they had seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure, but even Pee-wee's Big Adventure was just, the weirdness was in Pee-wee. It wasn't necessarily in the rest of the movie, whereas in this movie, you've got kind of like the weird set pieces, like the family and all the modern art and the house and the everything else. Yeah. And I feel like that looks really similar to his Edward Scissorhands stuff, to some of his Charlie and the Chocolate Factory stuff, to yeah, some of those other things. But at this point, this was years before those things were going to come out. So, you know, you really didn't, you know, knowing that Tim Burton is a quirky director and his movies are kind of quirky movies, you didn't have that knowledge when this movie came out. So maybe that's part of it, too. Yeah, that's boy, I didn't mean to I didn't mean to stop on that but i was i'm kind of surprised to see that but now that we're discussing it i i think that's what it was i mean i i really just think the movie was trend setting and not everyone gets the trends yeah but again, so but again well and, and yeah go ahead i was just gonna say but again when everyone fell all over themselves to say how awesome the movie like and i'm gonna list those movies blue velvet which i really didn't enjoy uh, the one about the alien in the trunk, which I kind of did enjoy. What was that one? Oh, yeah. With the Repo Man. Repo Man. Yeah. Like those movies, they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And this is this and this, that, and the other thing. And it's setting a, you know, a whole example for movies to follow. And it's, it's just ahead of its time. And it's just like, I, well, it was quirky, but I don't see how that was like, how is that quirky, amazing ahead of its time? Yeah. And this is quirky and just not that good in their eyes. Cause yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just not seeing that connection. Yeah. So, so the audience rating audience on Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 82%. So the audience is kind of in line with the critics. Um, and then cinema score gave it a B. Mm. So I don't know if, if that one too, maybe if people were, you know, if people were going to see like Michael Keaton expecting that it was going to be like a Mr. Mom, Michael Keaton or, you know, I don't know, up to, up to that point, um, I was going to look real quick and just see up to that point, Michael Keaton had done uh, some different TV stuff. Um, he had done Mr. Mom, the movie. He had done Johnny Dangerously. Um, he And that was pretty much it. Like up until Beetlejuice, he had done a bunch of TV stuff and then a few couple movies here and there. Um, but yeah, so I, maybe when people are thinking Michael Keaton, they're like, oh, yeah, that's the Mr. Mom guy. So we'll go see this movie, and it's going to be a lot like that. Yeah, maybe. maybe. the audience was the same thing. Although, I mean, cinema score, too. So everything's kind of in line with all those reviews because the cinema score, um, it was a B. So it's all kind of like in that you know 80%, 82%, B kind of range. Um, so maybe at the time when people went to go see this, it was just like, what is this movie? I mean, it it's fun and it's weird, but I don't know what to think. Almost like when we first started talking about Gremlins, and I don't know, I don't remember how Gremlins were. Um, uh-huh. 
thought of when we they first came out, but I remember that movie was kind of hard to define that movie because was it horror? Was it comedy? Was it this? Was it that? Yeah. And it's almost just like movies like this, it, you know, now we've got niche markets and what category do we file it under in Blockbuster or which category do we search it on in Netflix? And it almost just is like, hey, here's the movie. It's got some of the macabre. It's got some of the comedy. It's got some of the, but it's, it's the idea of it is that it's not really, um, it, it, uh, what do you call it? A niche, it busts mm-hmm. out of niches. It's a, it broke the, they broke the mold when they made this movie. You know, it really, right. it's, it's, well, and I, fit. well, I was, I was just about to say exactly that. I think this is unique. I think this is, they're really, from what I can tell off the top of my head or, or what I'm trying to think of off the top of my head is I don't know that I, I don't know that I could think of another movie right now that if I were to try to categorize movies similar to Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. I don't know what I would put in there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you could throw in maybe like some of the, some of the like comedy zombie movies. Okay. Like where they're making fun of horror movies and stuff like that. I Maybe, but I don't know. This is, it's a, it's a quirky, weird little movie that. I can see when, when Siskel makes that comparison to Ghostbusters, I can see why he would do that, but I don't know that I would put them in the same category together. So yeah, I think it's just a, a weird, quirky, unique enough movie that maybe people just didn't know what to do with it. Uh, awards for this one. It won the Oscar for best makeup. It was nominated for the BAFTA award for best makeup artist and best special effects. Um, really, really quickly. Here's a quick summary that I, I pulled off of Google uh, after Barbara and Adam Uh, Maitland die in a car accident, they find themselves stuck haunting their country residence, unable to leave the house. When the unbearable Dietzes and teen daughter Lydia buy the home, the Maitlands attempt to scare them away without success. Their efforts attract Beetlejuice, a rambunctious spirit whose help quickly becomes dangerous for the Maitlands and the innocent Lydia. Uh, Here's the trailer real quick and we'll be back in just a second. From the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Adam and Barbara are ghosts. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? Their house is being haunted by the living. Maybe the house could use a little remodeling. And they can't scare them into leaving. They're dead. It's a little late to be neurotic. So they're calling on Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Who's no ordinary ghost. You don't want his help. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? Now, the party's over. You want somebody out of the house? I want to get somebody out of your house. (laughs) But the fun has just begun. It's showtime. Learn to throw your voice, fool your friends, fun and party. Not bad. This is amazing. You want a cigarette? Oh, no, thank you. Oh, yeah, here I come, baby. He's guaranteed to put some life... Attention, King Workshoppers. ...in your afterlife. Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. I'm the ghost with the most, babe. Okay, so a couple of things really quick on the, some background for the movie. Um, this movie, Michael Keaton has said in the past that this movie is his favorite film of his own that he's ever done. Yeah. So this yeah. is his favorite. On the flip side of that, Alec Baldwin 
has said that he does not like this movie and it's he's very unhappy with his performance. It's that's like one of his least favorite movies he's ever done. Mm. So Michael Keaton loves it. It's his favorite. Alec Baldwin said, nope, didn't like it. Not my favorite at all. Yeah, it 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 does not typify Alec Baldwin's career. Right. You know? yeah. But I'll tell you, Michael Keaton has been obviously in a, a variety of movies. But I mean, holy cow, my, Michael Keaton uh, just brought it home as Beetlejuice. I oh, mean, yeah. just watching it, it's just like, oh my gosh. He, yeah, yeah, he, he nailed it. So the studio originally wanted to call this movie House Ghosts. So as a joke, because Tim Burton thought that was a stupid title, uh, he said, well, why don't we call it Scared Sheetless? <laughs> and, and the studio actually was like, oh, actually, that's not a bad idea, too. He's like, okay, no. Just stop. I was kidding. Just stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned before that, you know, that, that this could have been a horror film. Um, you know, you, you could easily kind of take it in a direction where it's a weird, you know, not as much a comedy and, and kind of a weird horror movie. And that's actually what it was. Like the original script was that this was a horror film and that Beetlejuice was more of a demon kind of thing. He was like a lizardish winged demon uh who would transform into a regular looking person to kind of interact with the two families and then he would terrorize them at different times um in the original script lydia was a minor character and it was her six-year-old sister kathy that was the deets child that was able to see the maitlands who had died um beetlejuice's goal was not to scare the deetses but to kill them mm -hmm. um and then there was actually a this was in the original script. There was a scene where, uh, in his attempt to terrorize these people, um, Beetlejuice mauls the little girl Kathy and tries to rape Lydia. Yeah. And so in there, but yeah. So so that's why we rewrite it into a a family ish comedy movie instead because I don't see that one going over quite so well. No. 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 So they said in here, it said subsequent script rewrites, turned the film into a comedy and toned down Beetlejuice into the ghost of a wisecracking con artist rather than a demon. Yeah. I think yeah. we can mostly all agree that we like that way, way, way better. Um, yeah. The snake scene. So the scene where the snake attacks it, the, the, the railing of the stairs turns into the snake that had actually been filmed before Michael Keaton was even cast as Beetlejuice. Um, so there are some times where the animatronic snake uh, shows up and doesn't really even look like him at all. Um, so after he had been cast, then they shot additional footage where they had a stop motion snake that kind of resembled his face. Um, just so that people knew that that snake was supposed to be Beetlejuice uh, because originally they, they filmed it without that. So they just, it was just a really scary scene before they added that other stuff in. Um, the movie was a box office success, so they had originally planned for a sequel. And I remember as a kid, there were a couple of different times as a kid, you know, we didn't have the internet. So when you talk movies with your friends, you just kind of like, you make stuff up and you talk about it. But I remember even as a kid, after seeing this movie, that there was always talk of a Beetlejuice 2. Huh. And cool. I remember I remember hearing that left and right. And I remember, you know, that um, even when the cartoon came out, I was like, oh, this cartoon is awesome. I used to watch the cartoon all the time. And I remember they always, I, I somehow, my friends and I in school, we would, we would talk about it. We were like, yeah, I heard Beetlejuice 2 is coming out. And, and kept waiting and kept waiting, and it just never happened. So supposedly, there were plans for a sequel. 
and the sequels, and so I don't know how I feel about these plans for the sequel, but I, I have heard that Beetlejuice 2 is actually being planned now, so hopefully this sounds better than the original one. Um, the planned sequel was going to be called Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Uh, okay. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, a script was actually commissioned. Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder were both signed on to replay uh, Beetlejuice and Lydia. Uh, Tim Burton then just kind of lost interest in it, and then he decided to go on and he did Batman and Batman Returns instead of doing Beetlejuice 2. So thank you for that, Mr. Burton. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, if, I were to give, if I were given the choice between Batman 89 and Beetlejuice 2, I will take Batman 89. Yeah. Um, but they are definitely trying to get a sequel made. And if you go to Tim Burton's IMDb and Michael Keaton's IMDb page, uh, one of the top entries up there is that there is an, an either announced or rumored. I think it's been announced uh, at this point that they are in pre-production for making a Beetlejuice 2. So it should be on its way at some point within the next maybe couple of years. Yeah, well. um, last little thing I got here is Beetlejuice was actually the first DVD that was ever sent out on a brand new service in 1998 that would deliver DVDs directly to your home and you could keep it as long as you wanted to. And you, you had a list of movies and you would get your next movie on the list. As soon as you sent that DVD back to them in the mail, do you want to know what that little service was called? Oh, I think I know. Why don't you, uh, why don't you tell it for us, John? It's, it's called Netflix. <laughs> Jeez. So Beetlejuice was the first ever DVD that they mailed out to a customer. Wow. Boy, time flies, huh? It's it's been a while. Do you remember when Netflix uh, and then and then Netflix grew in and they started the streaming service? Yeah, it was like the streaming service, and then they tried to kill off the movie thing, and everyone rioted. They were like, "What?" You know, and yeah, they they were gonna they were gonna separate the two. They're like, "Well, if you want the streaming service, you're gonna pay this. If you want the DVD service, you're gonna pay this, and it's gonna be two separate companies." And and I remember people just going nuts, being like, "Nope." Mm-mm. Nope, 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 nope. Not going to happen. Not doing it. Yep. So, yeah. I, I think they're. Yeah. I, I think they're doing all right for themselves now. I mean, I, I think they're 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 coming up. I, I think they're doing okay. Yeah, they've made it. They've made a few things. Yeah, no kidding. So. No kidding. All right. So Beetlejuice. Did you? Uh, I think I've said this enough that Beetlejuice should be like a, a guest on the show by now. <laughs> yeah. um, he'll show up just about any time now. Um, so did you see this in the theater? Do you remember seeing it in the theater, uh, when it first came out? Or did you see this on video, on TV? Where, where was the first place you saw Beetlejuice? All right. You want to know the, the honest truth? The first place I saw Beetlejuice. Or, or were you, were you the guy who ordered that first DVD from Netflix in 1998? Do you want to know when I first saw this movie? When did you first see it? In its entirety. In its entirety. Oh. When in uh, I I watched it uh, in my living room twelve hours ago. That's the first time you've seen this movie from beginning that's to end. First, that's the first time I've seen this movie beginning to end. Really, one, really, and I didn't even it didn't even occur to me. I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen Beetlejuice. Oh yeah, and I was like, I don't know if I saw parts of it yeah. or just everybody had talked about it so much that I thought I'd seen it. And so I was like, for the podcast, I'm like, okay, I want to, you know, we, uh, you know, we were recording a couple of them in one sitting and I made sure to watch the other movies first. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen Beetlejuice. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll make sure to fire it on. It's summer. I got time. I turned it on. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen this movie before. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> so I don't, I don't think we survived the accident. <laughs> That's right. So honestly, John, uh, I first saw this movie a day ago. Okay. Not well, even much, like half a day ago. Okay. Well, since you saw it one day ago or half a day ago, um, what, what do you think? I loved it, man. <laughs> I, did you, I, did you love it before you saw it? I, I did. I well, oh. well, no, I was kind of like, before I saw it, I was kind of like, yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was fun and, and okay, but I'd never seen it. So I didn't know what I was talking about. Um, you know, I really, I really enjoyed it. I, um, uh, you know, it's interesting that Beetlejuice is not like even a main character in it. You know, I, I was yeah. doing some reading that he has only like what, 15, 16 minutes of screen time. I think it's like 17 minutes of screen time or something. He's only um, in, I think what I read was he's only in like 20% of the movie. Okay. And so I, I found that really interesting, but I just, you know, I found it very humorous and, you know, I, enough of the macabre that it was kind of like, Oh, you know, that, that got me sitting up and all that, but yeah. not overly. So, um, I really thought Mike, Michael Keaton's performance as Beetlejuice was, was, was pretty awesome. Um, it just, you know, when he first meets him and, and the way he's talking and his facial features and, and just, he really brought that character home. And, um, it was, uh, interesting because I do remember, here's what I do remember. I do remember watching the Beetlejuice cartoon. Yeah. But what was in the cartoon is Beetlejuice was a good guy and it was him and the girl kind of adventuring. And I remember, and I thought I remembered seeing it, but I, now I remember friends telling me that, well, yeah, but in the movie, he's really not a good guy. And watching it yesterday, um, it, it was like, it was almost like a Jack Sparrow thing where, okay, whose side is Jack on? And we'll, you know, and he's, uh, at the moment, I mean, that was kind of the thing here. He, he, he's on Jack Sparrow's side. Exactly. And that really, um, was, was evident with this character. So I like, I'll, I'll finish up my comments, but I mean, it, I really enjoyed it. Um, it, uh, it, it, it cracked me up. Beetlejuice was, I mean, that, that character was great and, um, yeah, pretty cool. It was fun seeing Winona Ryder, um, just cause I really recently watched Stranger Things and then to see some of the similar mannerisms between her then and her now, and just, yeah. you know, it's the same person, but I mean, 30 years age difference was very cool. And, um, you know, I'll tell you it. It makes me think, and this is an outside example or reference, but it makes me think of, you know, when they come out with a new motorcycle and the guys go out and road test it and they say, you know what, this bike is not the absolute fastest machine. It's not the absolute, you know, most highest end materials and bells and whistles, and it's not the most comfortable and it's not, but it does everything really well and it's completely imbalanced. It's enough power to have fun, but it handles real well and there's enough it's just everything is in balance. And that's what I think of when I think of this movie. It really it wasn't too scary, but there was enough. It wasn't like stupid humor that was just, you know, way slapstick and no interest, but there was enough. There was enough creepy in it. There was enough interesting characters in it that it really it was just a movie that I thought was really kind of in balance with itself. Hence yeah. my surprise at Roger Ebert's comments, but I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, so so that's my opinion of the movie. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, I, I don't remember going to the theater to see it, but I do remember seeing this oh, not too long after it would have come out. So maybe we went to go see it in the theater, but I don't I don't recall. Um, either way, we would have seen it like really, really soon after it came out. And I remember having this on VHS pretty much right away. I mean, this would have been one of the kind of movies that my dad would have liked. And so we probably bought this as soon as it came out and had a copy of it and watched it pretty regularly, watched the cartoon all the time. I think I even had some uh, blank VHS tapes with a whole bunch of the episodes of the cartoon recorded on it. I think I would sit there and record them on Saturday mornings just so I could watch them over and over and over again. Um, you know, so it was, that was probably one of my favorite cartoons growing up at that point too, like in the late eighties. Um, so I just always liked this movie and I've always liked Michael Keaton and his characters that he does and, and how this one is, you know, if you, if you want to see the crazy side of Michael Keaton, this is like the intense, crazy side of Michael Keaton. Um, but he's got some of the other comedies where it's a little bit more down to earth. He's still funny, but it's it's not quite as zany as, um, you know, this is kind of like if, if Michael Keaton and Robin Williams got mashed into one person, that's Beetlejuice. Yeah. And I, and I really like Robin Williams, and I like kind of the manicness of some of his stand-up. So um, this, I think, is a, a good mixture of me liking Michael Keaton as an actor and, and just kind of like some of the manic, crazy ad-libbing of lines that you get with somebody like a Robin Williams who just, you know, quick-fire does like all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, so this, you know, this kind of style of comedy is, is right up my alley from other other people that I, I tend to like as well. So yeah, no, I, this is one that I've, I've liked since I was a kid, um, watched it with John the other day, you know, Nora was, was it a sleepover? Cause I knew she wouldn't like it or, or there would be certain scenes that would be a little too creepy for her. Um, so watch it with John. He really, really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, it, it had been a while actually since I had seen it, uh, before watching it just the other day. So it was kind of fun to, to get caught up with it. And, but I had, I had seen it so many times as a kid that I practically had, you know, whole chunks of this movie memorized. Right. Um, you know, not the same way I have star Wars memorized, but there were definitely scenes where like I, as the, as they're speaking lines in the movie, I'm like running through it in my head and I'm, I'm just, I'm right on track with them. Um, you know, so we'll get to like favorite quotes and favorite other stuff here in just a minute. But um, yeah, I, I think this is another one of those that, it's it's very much like a Robin Williams type thing where it's very it's very quotable. Yeah, you know, like some of these other movies, these crazy rants that he'll go off on, and it's just got the different, you know, just just got that style of something that people want to quote and, and people want to ramble off the entire thing that he said um, to impress their friends that they know it all mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So yeah, no, I've I've always liked this one. Um, it, it's a weird, quirky, as we said in the beginning, it's a weird, quirky little movie. There's nothing quite like it. Um, I will say one of the characters in this movie that I like now a whole lot better than I liked or even recognized as a kid is the dad is uh, Charles Dietz played by Jeffrey Jones. Yeah. And the more and more stuff I see him in, he's, he's in a lot of my other favorite movies. Um, you know, he was the emperor in Amadeus. Mm -hmm. and he's in a lot of my other favorite movies. Um, he, we just got done finishing um, the last uh, episodes, the last season of Deadwood, and he's the uh, newspaper man in Deadwood. Okay. And so, yeah, he's, I, but just, 
his reactions, him trying to come up here and live in this place so he can relax. I mean, that's the whole premise for them being up here and buying this house in the country, even though he, they're from the city and he's got the goth daughter and the, you know, the, the crazy wife who is, you know, really into art and her art's not very good. And mm-hmm. she's kind of intense and, and she's got her interior decorator Otho living with them practically. And, Mm-hmm. You know, it just, just his reactions to things as he's trying to relax amid all this other stuff that's happening around him. Um, you know, it's just, I, I, as an adult, I enjoy watching his character and, and seeing what his character is doing and reacting to all these different things, uh, more than I ever did as a kid. So that is something that as I've watched this, as I've gotten older, I've really appreciated his role in the movie. So I'd yeah. say he's probably, he's probably other than Beetlejuice himself. He's probably one of my other favorite characters in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's pretty darn good. I mean, the whole cast really uh, brought. I thought they brought some serious game to it. And and Michael Keaton, man, that's you know, you look at what that guy's done. All the different movies he's been in, it, it almost makes me think of the conversation we were having about Woody Harrelson. Um, yeah, where you know you kind of tend to think of him in you know his iconic Cheers role, and with Michael Keaton, I'm sure that there's you know, one movie that, you know, people would think of like, oh, Michael Keaton, it's, he's Mr. Mom, or some people might think of this, or, you know, some people might think of him as Batman, and some people, but it's just like, you think of everything that that guy's been in, and it's just like, man, that guy, that guy's a really good actor. I mean, he's really done some pretty phenomenal stuff. Um, So I was going to, I'm going to follow up with what you're saying right now with a question I was going to ask later, but I'm going to ask it now. What's your favorite Michael Keaton role? Batman. <laughs> Is it Batman? Okay. It's I think so, but I mean I, you know, let's let's play let's let's you know, let's um make it more interesting and take Batman out of the equation. Boy, I you know, I'd be hard pressed to 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 think of that. I mean, mm-hmm. the diversity of things he's played, I recently saw, I mean, right on down to he uh the founder that came out a couple of years back. I still, yeah, I, I want to see that movie and I still have not seen it yet. Where he plays Ray Kroc. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, um, you know, and he was in uh, Jackie Brown. He was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did so, you ever see yeah. Bergman? Which one? You ever see Bergman? I don't think so. Was that the one? Did it win Best Picture? I want to say it won Best Picture in, in 2014. Okay. Um, yeah, we went to go see that one. I thought that one was really good. It, it almost is kind of, um, do you know anything about that movie? No, no. You know what? I haven't seen it and I don't know anything about it. Okay. So it's almost kind of playing off of it, the idea in, in the movie Birdman is Michael Keaton plays, I think the character's name is, uh, Riggin. I looked, I looked it up here. I think it's Riggin. Um, and he plays an actor who was most well known for playing a superhero called Birdman. Okay. And ever since then, his career has not quite recovered, and everybody just always, no matter what he does, everybody thinks of him as Birdman. Huh. So it's a little bit like Michael Keaton making a movie about himself. Okay. Not that I think he feels like people typecast him as Batman, but, you know, in this movie, it kind of is, it's kind of taking that route of saying that, like, you know, only Michael Keaton could play in this movie because it's kind of in some ways about his life. But so he he's trying to do something... Uh, his character in the movie is trying to do something more artistic 
And I think if I remember right, he's trying to do a stage play. Um, he doesn't want to do a movie anymore because people just want him to come back and make a superhero movie um, because he's this famous superhero, but he wants to do some kind of a stage play and he wants to do something different and something artsy and, and, but people keep trying to get him to be Birdman again. Um, and like he, every once in a while in the movie, he will talk to his own Birdman character. Like he starts seeing things around him. Um, okay. and he argues with his own character that he used to be. And, um, it's a, it's a kind of a weird little movie, but it's kind of a fun movie too. And, and if you think of it about, you know, I think of it as Michael Keaton playing a character who's kind of playing a caricature of himself. Yeah. Then it's yeah. kind of a it's kind of an interesting take on it. The other one that uh, he was in that was supposed to be really good, and I have not seen it yet. I wanted to see the founder, and I still haven't seen that yet. But his other one was Spotlight. Oh, uh, that's what I'm forgetting. Oh my gosh, one. those are yes, that's an excellent. Yeah. I still have not seen Spotlight. I want to see that one too. I think both Spotlight and Founder are on Netflix, and uh, Spotlight is. I don't know. I'll have to look for the founder. I'm not sure if Founder is, but I know Spotlight is. Okay. Um, yeah, those yeah. are both that I'd forgotten all about that. You're right. Yes, yeah. he is. He is pretty, he's, it's a great movie and he's pretty awesome in it. Yeah. Of the ones that I've seen, because I have not seen some of those newer ones. Um, if I had to think, if I couldn't say Batman, mm -hmm. then my favorite roles of his, I, I'd either have to say, mm, um, I either have to say Beetlejuice or maybe Multiplicity. Okay. And I might just say Multiplicity because he's in that movie more. And since he plays so many different characters, um, you kind of get a better sense of what all he can do. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I might say Multiplicity. But again, I have a whole bunch of his newer movies I have not seen. He was great in Birdman. Um, I would assume he's also really good in Spotlight and really good in The Founder, but I just haven't seen those yet. So for right now, I might say Multiplicity is my favorite. Okay. If, if Batman is thrown out. Yeah, I. you know what? I think I'll have to say, I'll have to say, if we throw out Batman, I'll have to say Spotlight. Um, okay. You know, well, see, now that you said that, I really want to go see it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty incredible. But I want to I want to check out Birdman now. Um, and and I think for me, just with Batman, I mean, number one, I mean, it's a Batman movie, and I saw it when I was a kid, so that's going to stick with you. But also, I think that was I had seen Mr. Mom, but I was young enough when I saw Mr. Mom that. And I think just the topic matter. It was like, okay, this is a fun movie and all that. But you know, Michael Keaton is the hero in Batman. I mean, that's awesome. And so, and I don't know. As a kid, I don't know that we made those connect. Or at least I know I didn't make those connections. That when I saw Batman, I don't think I was sitting there going, "Oh yeah, that's the guy that does Beetlejuice," right? Or that's right. the guy from Mr. Mom. Or as a kid, I don't think I made those connections. So I don't think that was ever a thing. Whereas, <clears throat> and I don't know if it's just because I know so much about movies and I'm constantly talking about them, but my kids will do that. They'll be like, Oh, that's that person that's in that other movie. Huh? Cool. And they'll, they'll recognize people from other places because maybe because I bring that stuff up. I just, I'm like, Oh, Hey, you know what other movie that guy's in? He's in this and this and this. Oh, okay. Cool. So yeah. maybe I've, maybe I've ruined movies for my children. Nah, no, nothing but enriching them. You know, and it's funny because when you look at him as Mr. Mom and what he did, everything leading up to Beetlejuice, 
I almost wonder if the reaction of seeing him as Beetlejuice was almost sort of like seeing um, Heath Ledger as the Joker in uh, Dark Knight. Yeah. I mean, different movies, different thing, but I mean, you think of Heath Ledger as kind of the hunky teen idol right. thing. And, um, and it's just such a departure from what they've done before. Yeah. And, well, he did Brokeback Mountain before Dark Knight, right? Right. So that was a bit of a departure. And then when he, like, people say, oh my God, he's just unrecognizable as yeah. Joker. I mean, holy cow. And, and people, and, and deservedly so. I mean, the guy was, the guy knocked it out of the park. Well, I, I remember, I remember when they first announced that Heath Ledger was going to be playing the Joker. And I think my first, was he in a movie called A Knight's Tale? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I think my first reaction was, whoa, 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 wait a minute. The guy from A Knight's Tale? Are you kidding yeah. me? That's who they're yeah. going to get to play the Joker. Well, I don't know how this movie's going to be now. Yeah, A Knight's Tale, uh, The Patriot. Um, yeah, yeah. That that one that was like the teeny bopper version of the Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. What was that? One? Ten Things yeah. I Hate About You. Yeah, he was yeah. in all those. Yeah, and so you're just like, wait, what? Yeah. And I'm I'm guessing that's kind of the reaction when you know Michael Keaton shows up in this in Beetlejuice right. as Beetlejuice, and it's just like, I mean, just. And you're right. It's almost got that Robin Williams kind of spastic where he's got a line and, you know, he's hugging Alec Baldwin and saying, hey, Hermano. And then he yeah. reaches back and Gina Davis, he tickles her right on the belt. Uh-huh. You know, kind of thing. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that is hilarious. And he's well, like, and, and apparently what? a lot of his apparently a lot of his lines in this movie, much like Robin Williams, a lot of his lines in this movie were totally ad libbed. They weren't in the script. Yeah. So, I so mean, it's just kind of up to him to just go. Yeah, and I mean, I grew up with the Saturday Night Live thing, so that's impressive to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's impressive um, that, that that a guy can do that and then turn around and, you know, much like Robin Williams, play a serious role and actually act. Right. And right. not that he was, at, and I'm, I'm sorry, that, that came out wrong. Not that he wasn't acting in this, but he can act in a serious role as well. Um, right, but you have that range that you can play the zany, crazy, cartoonish character, but then you can also do something like Spotlight or The Founder or right. Birdman well, or yeah. And and to be honest with you, I think that's some of the problem with the critics is I don't think comedy gets its due. I think people think of comedy as just oh that's easy, and it's mm-hmm. like yeah, good luck trying to make people laugh. That, right. Yeah, that's real easy. You go do um, it. And then. Um, what was it in this when they're like, well, what are your qualifications? And suddenly it's like, well, I uh, attended the Yale school or Juilliard I, school. I, of- I've actually got, cause one of my, one of my next questions was one of my next questions was going to be, um, do you have a favorite line? Do you have a favorite quote or a favorite scene? And that's actually probably mine. Cause I, I had that one right up on my screen as you started to say that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll let you take it, but I think that whole exchange where yeah. he meets them for the first time, and they're mm-hmm. like, what is going on? And it's just like, I think that has to be my favorite. It's just because he is, he is just so good. Yeah. Yeah. So I, in terms of quotes, that one's probably mine. It's probably one of my favorites. Cause there's so much in there that if you really, I mean, he's saying it so fast and he's just getting louder and louder, the more he speaks and just like, he's screaming by the end of it. But if you listen to what he's saying, it's really, really funny. Yes. That whole thing of where Adam, Adam's like, yeah, I, I pulled it up right here. It's like, uh, so what are your qualifications? Ah, well, 
I uh, attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague and had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? And that's right. And he builds it up to the point that he's yelling at them. Yeah. Yeah, he's like it's, it starts very calm and very quiet, and then it, and then he's like I travel quite extensively. I've lived through the Black Plague and had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every ting, every single time I see it. And, every and he, single time, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's Michael Keaton, man. That, it, yeah, that was that was very very impressive, and uh, um, I could see why why he enjoyed that role is because he just he just really brought it to life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he made it. Um, it, it didn't look like he was acting. Why can't you, you know? tell me? Why can't you tell me your name? Because well, if I tell you, you'll tell your friends. Your friends are calling me on the horn all the time. I got to show up at shopping centers for openings, sign autographs, and stuff like that. It makes my life a hell. Okay, a living hell. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, I mean, again, the delivery. And when he yeah. drops the bomb, yeah. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I mean. It's just like, I mean, I know I sometimes I like, you know, I have, a, I have a crass way of speaking and I got to, you know, but when he, when he delivers it, it just made you laugh. So, I mean, somehow <laughs> they speak that into the PG rating, but it was like, uh-huh. yeah. And I forget even what he was talking about, but somehow the way he delivered that. He kicked the, he was, he was really angry at him and he kicked over one of the trees in the model. Yeah. He just looks back at it right after he's kicked it over and it falls down. He looks back and he goes, light, nice model. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know why that just, the writing and the delivery, I mean, it just, it was in, in perfect harmony. It just mm-hmm. really, mission accomplished, man. I was sitting by myself watching the movie. I don't have memories of it as a kid to call back on. I'm a year old person. Mm-hmm. And it, it cracked me up, man. It was funny, funny stuff. So, yeah. All right, so we and we haven't done this in the past, but this was something I was going to start doing. Um, if you were, and, and I want to, I want us to see if we can pull together because one of the things I've been doing is I've and I haven't really released it out there yet in the wild because um, there's still a couple things I want to do before it's really, really ready to go. Is I've been using an app called Letterboxd, okay, to kind of like uh, you know, I, it, it's almost like a Facebook for movie fans. Oh, and so you can like talk to other people about movies. You can, you know, read like people will post up their own reviews for stuff. Um, you can make your own lists of things. So like I made movies of, I think I made a list of movies of good Irish movies to watch and say, Pat made another list. And this is the one I'm talking about of every movie that we've covered on our podcast so far. Oh, so it's this massive list of all hundred and up to this point, it'll be 193, hundred and whatever. Um, so, and one of the things on there is they do, you can rate the movies and we've never really done like a rating system on the okay. podcast, but I thought it might be kind of fun to start doing that and just kind of see where we'd rate some of these movies. Um, so if you were uh, trying to think of what we should rate this out of, it should be different every time. Like if we were doing a star Wars movie, maybe it could be like how many out of four Wookiees, how many Wookiees would you rate this movie um, let's see, for Beetlejuice? Let's do, um, out of four, uh, shrunken heads, how many shrunken heads would you give this movie? 
I give it four. And I promise I'm going to try not to like rate every movie awesome. I'm going to really try, guys. Listening audience, I'm trying. But this is this is this is not the movie for me to pull to pull anything from. Like I said, and and maybe part of it is like I, I hadn't seen it, even though I thought I did. And I was like, wow, this is this is a really really good movie. Um, I'd ha- I'd have to say four out of four, just in terms of a really unique, quirky, uh, little movie. We're always talking about, oh, give us something new. Don't just do sequel after sequel. Don't just rehash the same story. Where's the new? Where's the creative? Well, it's right here. I mean, it bloody well is right here mm-hmm. with this movie. Uh, and and I think Michael Keaton's performance just took it over the top. Um, not to take away from, and I, we really are doing a disservice to the other actors and actresses in there because I think. And you can figure out which half you want to do with that. Um, but uh, I'm going to do three and a half because watching it this time, and as much as I've said I love Michael Keaton and I love this movie and I, I love everything he did as Beetlejuice and everything else, um, watching it this time, and I don't know if it was, and maybe here, here's my guess, watching it this time, I don't know if it was as funny as what I felt it was as a kid. Okay. So still really, really funny. But I think watching it this time, and this might be why. Um, watching it with my own 10 year old son. Mm-hmm. I think I was watching it this time and I was, it was almost like, I don't want to say I didn't enjoy it as much, but I think part of my waiting to see his reaction. Okay. And because, I mean, he really enjoyed it and he thought some parts were funny, but I remember as a kid just laughing out loud at a, a good portion of this movie and he wasn't. So I think watching it with him and he's like, he thought it was funny, but he was like a little bit more subdued in his reaction to the movie than I probably would have been as a kid. So I don't know. I mean, that kind of affected my, my watching of the movie this time around. Um, doesn't take away from the quality of the movie at all. Um, but I think, I think I will say there were a few scenes here and there that I just remember being hilarious as a kid. And for mm-hmm. some reason this time around, they were funny, but they weren't hilarious. Got it. About a four shrunken heads. Got it. You you're just yeah. kind of like it seems like the magic ran out from what you remember. Yeah, not necessarily that it's run out. It just for some reason this time watching it, it, it just wasn't you know, it, it, it wasn't a hundred percent like it isn't has been in the past. Gotcha. And that's not to say it won't be next time. Maybe I'll watch it next time and I'm laughing out loud again at every single scene and all that yeah. stuff and Yeah. Yeah. But it is different when you watch a movie with someone and you kind of have to, are they going to like it? Is this, you know, yeah, no, I yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I will say that um, watching it this time, I had totally glossed over the fact that the receptionist in the afterlife mm-hmm. uh, was, was she Carmen? Was that her name in three amigos? Yes. Was her name? Was her name? Yeah. And I, I just, even though this is the, the wrong movie, I just wanted her to say, we could go for a walk and you could kiss me on the veranda. Uh, lips will be fine. The lips would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've got a question for you in terms of Alec Baldwin said that this was his least favorite movie to be in. Yeah. Could you kind of tell that based on how he, I mean, he, of anything, he seemed to be a little bit of the fish out of water with this movie. I, I mean, I don't want to, like, no one's, no one's been asking me to appear in movies, so I don't want to, and I love everything else that he's done, but it's, 
I mean, he was kind of the straight man in the whole thing. Yeah. And it just it it just seemed like I don't know was he the wrong fit or was he fine and he just didn't enjoy it and I'm reading into it again maybe this is just a different thing than what he was used to doing and you know later on after this he's you know he's he's done uh, married to the mob he's done the hunt for red October uh, Glenn Gary get Glenn Ross I mean he's done all these different movies that he's really well known for now the shadow. Um, Mercury rising, like all these different things, but maybe at that point he just he just wasn't used to doing comedy, and so maybe that's why he didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah, I don't know. Which don't is funny know. now because that's I feel like that's now that's what people think of him as is you know he's done uh, Will and Grace and Thirty Rock and Saturday Night Live and right Boss Baby oh. and like all these other things. Yeah, but he had established and maybe you know he had established his. His himself as kind of more of a drama and action and all that kind of thing, right? Um, and then, which is which is funny because then he and Michael Keaton have done almost the exact opposite. That's true. Because as a young man, I feel like Alec Baldwin was action movies and drama and that kind of stuff, whereas Michael Keaton was more like comedy and quirky and that kind of stuff. And now Michael Keaton has gone to be a little bit the way Robin Williams, I think did was he's gone to be more of, well, I don't, I don't necessarily want to do the quirky comedy anymore. I want to do the dramatic pieces. I want to do the stuff that's going to stretch me as an actor and not to say that comedy doesn't stretch you as an actor, but then I feel like Alec Baldwin's gone the other way where, you know, he's, he's getting older. So he, you know, maybe can't do the action stuff anymore, but he can do the comedy. So he's gone more of the comedy route in the last few years. Yeah. And it's, and it's not yeah. just slapsticky stuff. I mean, he's, uh, you know, his delivery. I mean, I'll, I, I think his impersonations, I'll leave it at that. His impersonation are right on. And I mean, even some of his more, um, you know, he's in the mission impossible movies and, uh, right. It's not, they're not like full blown comedy um, uh, what am I trying to say? Comedy roles, but you know his timing and his delivery definitely can bring a little bit of uh, it can bring a little bit of lightness to the movie. Yeah, I don't know. Well, but I'm but no, but that's maybe a little bit off. I don't know. I don't know because even yeah. in like Mission Impossible, he's not like a comedian. You know, in uh, The Departed, right, right, he's not. Not a comedian. No, not at all. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just that he has more. He can bring more depth out of the characters, and that's what I'm picking up on. Because the only real comedy thing I can yeah. think of is like some of his Saturday Night Live stuff, and maybe that's just fun of seeing this this action drama guy just doing comedy. Maybe that's what the draw is, and he's very good at. It. Well, but he's but he was also on Thirty Rock. Okay. See, I haven't so seen he did, that. He, okay, and he was a uh, Will and Grace. And he was on several episodes of Will and Grace. So he's he's done he's done quite a bit of comedy. Um, you know, a lot of his I think a lot of his comedy is more sarcastic comedy. It's not like slapsticky kind of comedy. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I think so we've we've given our rating. So Pat gives it a four shrunken heads out of four. I gave it a three and a half shrunken heads out of four. Um if you would like to let us know how many shrunken heads you'd give this movie, or if you have any other feedback on Beetlejuice or the career of Michael Keaton or anybody else that we've talked about, uh, please feel free to get in touch with us. 
Uh, if you want to email us, we're at 30 podcast at three zero podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you go to our website, three zero podcast.com, that's got all the different ways you can get a hold of us. It's got our voicemail line. It's got the email, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, so you can just go right there. That's your one stop shop for all things 30 podcast. Um, so that three zero podcast.com. Uh, we do interact a lot on Twitter, so if you are uh, out and about on Twitter, feel free to follow us there, and uh, we would love to hear from you and hear how you're enjoying the show, and if you agree or disagree with anything that we've said in this episode or any of the other ones that we've done before this. So, um, next time around, I think, uh, let me jump to my list here real quick, because we've got, we're going to be recording some of these fast and furious, because we are teachers, it is summertime, and we tend to like fly off on vacations here in not too long. Um, so I think coming up in the next couple of weeks, um, actually the next couple of weeks will be our July movies. So we've got on the 4th of July coming out on the actual 4th of July is everybody's all American. Yeah. The irony of a, of a movie called everybody's all American coming out on 4th of July. Uh, and then after that, we've got the baseball movie Eight Men Out. And then later in the month, we're going to be doing, it'll be a one episode, but two movies, because it's the two movies of Tom Cruise from 1988, uh, Rain Man and Cocktail, we're going to be doing in the same show. So we'll mash those two together and just talk about all kinds of Tom Cruise stuff. Um, and that'll be coming up at the end of July. So uh, if you want to go see those movies ahead of time, go watch them. Come on uh, back when we bring those episodes out and uh, feel free to send us any feedback ahead of time. Call the voicemail line, email, Twitter, any of that other stuff. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but I think that's going to do it for us this time. So, Pat, you, you got anything else you want to tell the folks about uh, Beetlejuice? Should they go see it now that you've seen it in its entirety? Yeah, yeah, definitely go see it. <laughs> Speaking of Rayman, definitely, definitely go see it. Yeah, um, but uh, I, the only other thing I wanted to say is Danny Elfman, awesome. The uh, um, good on him for writing an awesome theme for uh, for Beetlejuice, and it's it's an iconic theme that like as soon as you hear the it's like Jaws or the Darth Vader theme in Empire Strikes Back. As soon as you hear the first um, little um, uh, hits of the of, of the bass section, like the you know the boom 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 boom, you you know exactly what's coming. And the way they incorporated that theme into the movie, it's it's like what Jeff says, the, the theme really functioned as a character, and you know Beetlejuice was up to no good. And and uh, we have a we have an arrangement, we play with the kids in band, and the Beetlejuice theme, it's of Danny Elfman's music, and the Beetlejuice theme is big in it, and uh, uh, it's fun to play, it's fun to listen to, and, and just great music. So I wanted to make sure to throw that in there as well. Thank you, John. This was uh, this was fun to be back and a great movie to do it to. Yeah. All right. So be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies. And we will see you all back here next time for Everybody's All-American. Daylight, come and me one more.